The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. And we have a real explorer with us today, Sunstone Metals. The ASX code is STM, trading at around 3.1 cents for a market cap of $82 million at the moment. Now, uh, Sunstone's focus is Ecuador, both in the south and up to the north. It's uh, been kicking some major goals in the last uh, well, five, six months, including a, a maiden resource estimate, an exploration target, and uh, up north, uh, a discovery of a, a big porphyry system. So a lot happening with this one. The market cap uh, is not reflecting what's been achieved in the last five or six months, but watch this one in future months and years because, uh, as we all know, the world is uh, running short of copper at the moment and big copper uh, discoveries are needed. And uh, if gold's part of the, the mix there, all the better, particularly when you get uh, them in large-scale porphyry systems. So with that, I'm going to introduce Malcolm Norris, the MD. Malcolm, g'day. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, g'day, Barry. Uh, pleasure to be here. Thanks. Hey, Malcolm, um, as I say, a lot of activity by you guys in the last five or six months. Where do we start? Let's start down south where you had the maiden uh, mineral resource estimate of 2.7 million ounces uh, gold equivalent plus uh, expiration target of 3.3 million ounces and 860 million ounces of gold equivalent. So got a lot of ounces already under your belt, got a big expiration target there. What's What's been happening down south there? Yes, um, Barry, a lot's been happening and... Um, uh, there's a lot to unpack here. So, um, as you said, we released a, our inaugural mineral resource uh, in December last year, uh, 2.7 million ounces gold equivalent. That was gold plus some copper plus some silver. Right. Um, and that was in a resource uh, across two porphyry centres that coalesce, uh, Brahma and Alba. Um, a few important components to that, the mineralisation is at surface. Uh, it's a positive topographic feature. So when we think about potential development, it'll be a very low strip ratio. Um, and, and before we dive into the technical aspects of it, you know, very important for Brahmaderos is its location. Um, mm -hmm. We're very close to the Pan American Highway. Uh, it's serviced by a power network that's already in place and 88% of Ecuador's power is hydro. Mm -hmm. um, so this has got a lot going for us and, and these sorts of things add value. Um, so, yeah, we've got the resource, we've got the exploration target. And um, one aspect that came out of the release of both of those at the end of last year was that it was clear we needed some higher grade material. Um, and particularly if we think of development to put into the front end of any development. Um, so, um, you know, we acknowledged that and we said, right, where's the best place to go and find high grade material? That's where we'll put our exploration dollars. So we identified the Lamont area within Brahmaderos. So it's a, um, about 2.7 kilometers north of where the resource is. Right. We went in there, drilled some holes, and sure enough, delivered higher grade and mineralization from surface. Um, so we delivered in hole 17 from Lamont, 177 meters at 
grams of gold equivalent that was gold and silver. So we, you know, we did what we said we were going to do, um, and that's just set a fantastic foundation for a very exciting few months ahead of us as we try to drill this thing out. Now, Le Mans is uh, epithermal style? Yeah, that's right. So you quite often get porphyry systems and epithermal systems uh, in close proximity. Um, and a very good example is, is a deposit that we're associated with in the discovery phase in Indonesia called Tujubukit, where there's a very large porphyry deposit. But sitting over the top of that was 130 million tonnes running um, about a gram uh, gold equivalent in a gold-silver epithermal deposit. And that was subsequently mined by Medeca, who own that asset now. Um, and uh, that was mined. They processed it with a heap leach facility. Um, and it was extremely profitable because their all-in sustaining costs were very low. So it's, it's not a surprise to see what we've got at Le Mans uh, with the epithermal. Uh, and these things can be very significant deposits in their own right. So we're very happy to be drilling a near-surface epithermal gold-silver system here. Just give us a feel for what sort of the actual drawers are that got you excited about this epithermal discovery at Limon. Yep, so um, hole 17, 177 metres at 1.1 grams gold equivalent. So that was about um, 0.9 gold and 10 grams of silver. Right. And that was from 6.8 metres downhole. Um, and so, you know, basically at surface, and we've got anomalism at surface in soil sampling, so we know it extends through the surface. Um, we've um, been following that up. We drilled one hole, hole 20, which um, was actually aimed at a deeper porphyry target. But on the way down at 666 metres, we intersected an epithermal vein. Um, and that vein had visible gold in it. We haven't got those assay results back yet. We, we hope they're coming back in the next couple of weeks. Um, and uh, so that tells you that you've got you know, a vertical extent of about 600 metres of potential epithermal mineralisation. And we know we've got um, this sort of lateral, we don't know the true width, but lateral extent in hole 17 of, of nearly 200 metres. So you're starting to talk about a, a big system. And uh, holes 21, 20, uh, 21's just been finished, 22 and 23 are in progress. We like the look of those from the logs we're seeing each day. Um, supported by the, the handheld XRF. So, um, you know, over, over the next few months, we'll have some of those results coming out and um, we'll start to get an understanding of the geometry of this system. But um, it's not insignificant. Just to be clear, Levon, was that included in the uh, exploration target or are we talking about this is a potential expansion of the ex exploration target? Yeah, this is a potential expansion. So our exploration target that we released in December comprised three areas. One was uh, the area at Brahma Alba that wasn't included in the resource because that resource was pit constrained. So it was quite a conservative approach. So there's material below and around the pit that we've included in the exploration target. There was also material from a, um, a target nearby called Melanol. And then we included um, a small component, I think it was 17% of the exploration target from Le Mans Porphyry, because we have previously drilled a porphyry at surface, which also delivered um, 90 metres at uh, a gram gold equivalent in gold and copper. So that that guided us for the exploration target uh, for Brahmaderos. So this epithermal is, is new. It was not included in the exploration target. 
So it means, you know, we're hoping to, to increase the tonnes and increase the grade of that exploration target, which, which is a pretty exciting outcome. It, it means, you know, the vision that we've put in front of us with extra exploration of a 10 million ounce cluster of deposits is uh, in sight, and, and that's pretty exciting. Now, uh, we mentioned the, the higher grades in the epithermal at Le Mans, and you hinted at so you're thinking about it as a potential starter project down the track? Yeah, that's right. And, you know, it's early days. We haven't done a scoping study yet, but conceptually we look at um, higher grade um, up front in any sort of development um, that allows you to pay back your capital. Um, and then once you pay back your capital, you can contemplate expansions or you can contemplate lower grade material. Um, you know, it allows you to do... Uh, a lot more. Uh, so the initial focus is, is paying back your capital. Um, look, I'll, I'll leave that to the engineers to plan. Um, I'm a geologist, an exploration geologist, but we, a, a key member of our management team here, um, Ray Robinson, is a mining engineer and, and he's right on top of these things. And he, for example, managed the studies at Tuja Bukit as well. So he's very familiar with this scenario. Um, so it's a, it's a great position to be in, to have him on the team and also to have Bruce Rolak, uh, Dr. Bruce Rolak, uh, one of the best porphyry epithermal geologists in the world. And um, you know, he's been involved in the Tuja Bukit discovery and the Cascabel discovery in, in Ecuador as well. So very strong approach technically to what we've got here at Brumaderos. You've mentioned uh, Cascabel. It's a good point to pivot up to uh, northern north of the country, where you've uh, been having some exciting uh, results again at El Palma, which is, uh, I think, about 65 or so kilometres from uh, Cascabel's uh, Alpala copper gold porphyry deposit, which is, uh, last count, I think about 3 billion tonnes, obviously owned by the London-listed Sol Gold, which has both BHP and Newcrest on its register. What's, uh, what have you been doing in that part of the world? Yeah, so El Palma, it's very exciting. Um, so this was a project that we acquired uh, during COVID um, and it's a staged acquisition agreement. So we can move to 100% ownership. We currently have 70% um, and we can move to 100% with a, a payment of $2 million um, over the next couple of years. So um, very, very good structure. The project was originally held by a, a well-respected Ecuadorian geologist who used to work for Rio Tinto and a few other uh, well-known exploration groups. Um, and he's, he's a great partner for us. So uh, we started off at El Palma um, with a, a ground magnetic survey and that identified a very prominent circular magnetic feature that was exactly in the area where we thought we needed to be drilling. So that gave us a lot of confidence and we dived in and drilled uh, 21 holes into that. Um, and that discovered um, a gold copper porphyry system that came to surface. So it was locally outcropping in creeks. Um, re we recently announced results from, from the last of the holes we've drilled into to T1 in, in this last phase, which had mineralization over a vertical extent of 900 metres. So it was 900 metres at about uh, 0.24 uh, sorry, 0.26 gold and 0.1 copper. So um, a, a bit low grade over that wide intersection, but it does tell you the vertical extent of mineralisation. And then within that, we're getting intervals, um, for example, 177 metres that we had at 1.1 grams of gold equivalent. So that was um, mineralisation running 
0.7 gold and 0.2% copper. Um, so this is a, a serious gold copper porphyry system from surface over a significant vertical extent. But then our exploration broadened um, as often happens as you go down the exploration process. And we found that this area was one of five targets that were clustering together, a scenario very common amongst porphyry deposits. And what we liked about it was that it appeared to be structurally controlled by a feature called the Toachi Fault, which is a regional fault um, that extends up and uh, influences the location of the Alpala deposit held by Solgold, as you said, 65 kilometres to the northeast. But it all, the, our cluster of deposits also occur um, at the intersection with, with faults that are at right angles to this Toachi Fault. Again, a similar structural scenario to many porphyry deposits around the world. So we started testing these. Um, there was a small target to the south of T1 called T5. That was mineralized. We then found T2, which is off to the east, and that was mineralized at surface. And then we did this geophysical survey and defined a large anomaly um, about 600 meters below surface. So we started uh, drilling that from surface, drilled down three holes, um, intersected intervals of highly anomalous um, gold mineralization and some good grades along the way above a gram. And then we got down to this, um, this geophysical anomaly and we saw visible chalcopyrite and molybdenite, so we knew it was going to be anomalous in copper and moly. Um, but it wasn't quite explaining the anomaly, so we pushed the hole on a bit and, and as this anomaly merged with one of our other targets called T3, we saw a significant increase in the presence of veining, of alteration, and the presence of copper and molybdenum, and, and a, a kick in the um, copper values that we're seeing in our handheld XRF. So they were the results that we announced last week. And um, the intersection is deep. You know, we're down at 1,200 metres downhole, but you then look at that position of that drill hole intersection and you correlate it with the magnetic geophysical anomaly. And that geophysical anomaly extends up and very close to surface. So maybe we've come in from the bottom um, and our next test will be to explore this a bit shallower. Um, but it's a really large anomaly. Geophysically looks very interesting. And now we know it's mineralized um, with, with copper and moly. We'll wait for the assays to see what the gold numbers are like. So it's very exciting. It's um, all the features that we need to see in, in the early stages of porphyry exploration. The, um, I imagine I touched on the copper outlook a bit earlier. Um, you know, the massive increase in uh, consumption as the world electrifies and the shortage of development projects. So I imagine your phone was pretty constantly ringing by some of the larger companies out there looking for the uh, next wave of projects to sink their teeth into. Um, I'm just wondering, given what we've uh, just heard there about uh, Le Mans and what's uh, happening at El Palma, is your phone running hot from outside inquiries by the big boys? Well, we, we know that they're aware of what, what we're doing. Um, and, you know, we, we talk to them periodically when we meet them at conferences and other things, and, and they're certainly aware of what we're doing. Um, and um, this latest um, update on El Palma has, um, um, ha has generated a bit of interest in just what we're up to. 
you know, it's still early days. I think these guys like to see um, a few more drill holes into it before they start to really get a bit of momentum as to, um, you know, whether whether they might engage more formally or not. But um, it's it's uh, it's certainly generating um, awareness, um, and you know, we, we think we're onto something here. And um, what's interesting is this this latest drill hole. Uh, the geology was just a little bit different to the the intersections we had had up close to surface. So we. We, we sort of suspect, but we're not sure yet, we sort of suspect that, that it might be a bit more of a copper ore body rather than a gold copper ore body. Um, and so that, that would be very interesting because um, there's not a lot of copper being discovered around the world, you know, and uh, as everyone says, um, at some point, um, people are going to be scrambling for copper. So we, we may well be in a nice position. Now, uh, there's some excitement a week or two ago about... Um what uh, the Chileans were doing with the uh, lithium regulations and there's been a bit of a swing in some of the countries over there, the left wing, for want of a better expression. What's uh, the operating scene looking like in uh, Ecuador? The best way to look at it is exactly as you've said, what's the operating scene like? And that's a bit different to the political scene. Um, in terms of operating, you know, we've got three rigs operating. Uh, we've got one on each project and one that moves between the projects based on priorities. Uh, we can drill. We've got wonderful relationships with local communities and um, our work has not been interrupted. Uh, politically, um, Ecuador is sort of trying to find its, its uh, future. I think, you know, there's, there's a bit of um, um, unhappiness with the current president. Um, who knows how that will play out? Um, I think he's about 18 months away from the next election anyway, so... You know, that's not too far. Um, so we'll see. But, but what we do know is that, is that the key political players over there support mining. And in fact, the, the previous um, party that was in power was, was the group that um, introduced the new Mining Act that attracted a lot of foreign direct investment. Uh, so, you know, e- either way it falls, we'll work within that. Um, the cycle of political... Uh, personalities is much shorter than the cycle of a mining development. So, you know, you find a way to work under whatever environment's in front of you. Um, but in terms of operations, you know, our, our work is going very smoothly. We can get drill rigs. We can get well-qualified people. Um, uh, the Ecuadorians are very good to work with. So um, we're quite happy being there, and it's, it's a good investment destination. Now, you find a, uh, well, we mentioned uh, Le Mans being... Uh an interesting epithermal potential uh, in itself. And if you find a big, you know, porphyry copper system like it seems that you have up north, we start to think of uh, market caps measured in hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars. And here we are with Sunstone back at uh, 80-odd million. What's the, what's the market waiting for, you think? Um, yeah, so the market always wants more. Um, and uh, I think in, in our case... The market is waiting for follow-up drill holes to Le Mans. Right. Mm-hmm. So we've we've sort of touched on that with hole 20, visible gold at 600 metres. So that that assay will be keenly awaited. And then uh, we're drilling these other follow-up holes to hole 17, so they will also be keenly awaited. So I think if people see that those are positive results, then Le Mans will get some serious traction and um, you know, we'll see it reflected in our valuation, I hope. Um, 
In terms of El Palma, um, I think everyone's waiting to see assays from the hole that we announced last week. Um, but probably more importantly, they're, they're waiting to see a couple of drill holes just to understand that uh, where we have speculated a, a kilometre vertical extent of the T3 anomaly, that, that that's exactly what we've got. And so mm-hmm. I think we need another three or four drill holes. Uh, we've planned about 4,000 metres of drilling as a follow-up at, uh, at T3 at El Palma. So that'll come over time as well. And over the next six months, we'll deliver both of those. Um, and, you know, as, as we do, um, then we'll, uh, we'll look back on the valuation of Sunstone as being uh, quite low, I hope. That's what we want to hear. Great stuff. Malcolm, thanks again for uh, your explanation of uh, the activity in uh, Ecuador. Two exciting projects, north and south. And uh, as you just mentioned there, lots to look out for, uh, look forward to in the coming months as Le Mans shapes up as uh, something special in El Palma. Well, who knows? Um, Cascabel is in the same neck of the woods and um, early days, as you mentioned. But uh, needless to say, we'll be watching... Uh, with great interest as it all unfolds this year. So thanks for your time today, Malcolm. Good luck with it all. Yeah, thanks very much, Barry. Appreciate it. Cheers. Cheers.